The Mutual Audio Network, listening and imagining together. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. Squadron Leader Jack Steele and the Starblade by Chris Bidette. Episode 5, The Game's Afoot. With preparations for the alien landing falling seamlessly into place, Jack and his friends have found themselves cornered by a resurrected Rasputin, now the loyal servant of Mordred Pendragon. With only a muddy branch to defend himself, Jack now stares at death down the barrel of a Quaxorian particle deconstitulator. Dois for Daniel, Jack Steele. What? No! Told you that weren't a proper gun. That lightning bolt it fired bounced right off that stick you're holding. It was real enough, Charlie. Look at Rasputin. He's burnt to a crisp. Yes, see here, it's burned through the mud and there's metal underneath. In fact, there's leather wrapped around it too. I... I don't believe it. Excalibur. Well, that's handy. Because those zombies are still coming. I have had enough of these smelly, blundering brutes. Here, take that! A, a fine kick, Yvette. Shame they don't seem to feel much pain, though. I'm afraid my eyes are watering more than that zombies are. Well, maybe you boys should get on with it then. Jack, you have a sword, and Charlie, I'm sure that wrench you are holding could do some damage. Oh, oh of course. Uh, stand back, Mr. Lack. <coughs> Have you locked onto the fleet transponder signal? Yeah. I am routing it to the amplification circuit now. Do you hear me, Archduke? I hear you, Mordred. Our fleet has refueled at a planet recently designated by the humans as Pluto and is in a full battle readiness. Is the landing site prepared? Yes, my lord. Transetheric beacons have been planted in the area known as Salisbury Plain and will provide a precise waypoint for your radio sextants. Good. What of the human species? Has their capacity for resistance been destroyed? All but one of the major governments have been effectively neutralized, your magnificence. France's attention is focused on my machinations in Germany, and Russia has been reduced to revolutionary chaos. But then this Britain remains strong. Why are you guiding my feet to land right in the middle of the most effective remaining bastion of human resistance? With the uttermost respect, Archduke, I have lavished the majority of my attention upon the downfall of the British Empire. All across the globe, my reconstituted zombies await a radiographic signal to activate their hidden orders. When the Caxorian war fleet arrives, the most powerful human empire this world has ever known will be yours to command without a single ray being projected. I'm sorry, Mordred, but the carrier wave collapsed partway through your last transmission. We have lost contact with the attack fleet. I could try and re-establish the connection if you wish. No matter, my dear Fraulein, the Archduke will find his faith in me as well placed, now that Steele and his minions are out of the picture. Rasputin, eh? 
Do you know, I had a colleague who was of the firm opinion that the Mad Monk was some sort of agent provocateur put in place to destabilize the Sards. He never would have suspected the influence of an alien empire, though. In fact, he was convinced that it was the Freemasons. Uh, Perkins, would you be so kind as to refresh the toast rack? I think that a spot more breakfast is required to fortify our friends after their eventful night. Maybe it was the Masons, Professor. From what Rasputin claimed, this Mordred fellow has his fingers in an awful lot of pies. Yeah, with all due respect, Prof, how on earth are we going to find all these radio-controlled zombies before it's too late? I mean, I'm up for a scrap, but it sounds like it'll take us ages to round them all up, even if we could find out who they all are. You do not destroy a weed by pulling off its leaves, Mr. Bilkins. You must take it up by the roots. Well, I suppose. Although, I find a can of petrol and a well-placed match normally does the trick. Uh, Yes, quite. Well, uh, following your analogy, we lack the can of combustibles, but we can locate the roots. Or, more accurately, the point at which the roots converge. What on earth do you mean, Professor Sterling? I don't know. For some reason, he's talking about gardening. You will recall that I left the room briefly when your thrilling rendition of last night's adventures reached the point where Rasputin revealed the remote control that Mordred exercises over his agents. It was so that I could place a telephone call to Dr. Brunel at the Westmoreland base. Radio signals always have a source, and an analysis of their relative bearing across the country will allow him to triangulate this point of origin. Ah, thank you, Perkins. Hello? Ah, Dr. Brunel. Excellent. Hmm? Really? Good. Ah, yes, thank you, thank you. Has the doc weeded your triangle? I think that Charlie means, has Dr. Brunel located the source of the radio signals? Uh, yeah, that's right. Indeed he has, my boy. Secret government receiver sets have located a series of unusual transmissions emanating from an area in Glamorgan, Wales. It's an old manor called Candlestone, although most of the land has been covered by advancing sand dunes and is apparently abandoned. See, perfect place for an idad's in. Quite so. You must travel there immediately and prevent Mordred from transmitting his nefarious orders to the unliving army. I will take Excalibur to Windermere so that Dr. Brunel can finish the weapon that may prove our only hope against the alien hordes. What weapon is that? There is no time to explain now. But I'm sure Miss Dulac can give you some of the details on your journey. Yvette? I'm, I'm sorry, Jacques, but Dulac Aerospace have been helping your government on a project so secret that I could tell no one, and not even you or Charlie. It is codenamed Starblade. Oh, well, yes, of course. Official secrets and all that. I wouldn't have expected you to tell me. Please, save your discussions for later. Right now, the Starblade would be useless if Mordred gains control of the government and thereby prevents it from even getting off the ground. Are you alright back there, Charlie? Bye, thank you, Mr. Dack. I wish we could have taken the truck and not had to shut Charlie in the boot like that. No choice, I'm afraid. The truck would have taken twice as long. And besides, Bilkins volunteered to travel in the boot. Only when you pointed out that it was him or me. Well, we're nearly there anyhow. Could you check the map? I think the bridge end was the last town we needed to pass through. Then we... What the... Careful there, boyo. Nearly pranged my bicycle with that fancy mortar car. I'm terribly sorry, Constable. We're looking for the entrance to the Candlestone Estate. Well, you found it. But you'll not be going any further. On whose authority? On my gaffers. Mr Dreadmore, the owner, is very particular about trespassers. 
and has requested us and the local constabulary to keep an eye out for them. What if we told you that we were friends of Mr. Dreadmore? Then I'm very sorry, miss, but he did say that people claiming to be friends of his were the very last people that he wanted here. Well then, in that case we represent the government and here to apprehend this fellow on charges of the highest treason. Well, if that is the case, sir, I would have to see your warrant. My what? My warrant? Yes, sir. And some form of official identification. Orders, see. Ah. Jacques, what are these little dotted lines on the map here? Are they other roads we could use? Dotted lines? Yes, of course. Yvette, you're a genius. What if I told you that as a member of the Ramblers Association, I wish to exercise my right to roam across the Candlestone footpaths? Well, sir, I wouldn't have pegged you as a rambler, but in that case I suppose I'd have no real reason to stop you. Excellent. Well, that's it then. What's going on? Are we there yet? Who's that then? Oh, no one. Just my valet. Very well, sir. You folks be on your way now and have a nice walk, see? An unidentified motor car has just entered the grounds of the ruined manor house. Send the zombie guards up. No, wait. Power up the video scope and let me see. Who are that couple? And who is that man that they keep in the boot of their motor car? That is a Dulac woman. And there is Steel. He's really quite handsome in the daylight. Steel? So Gregory failed after all. I should have known he'd find the habit hard to break. Look! They have found the door into the underground bunker. Maybe we should have hidden it better. I told Gregory to put up warning signs saying that it was a dangerous mineshaft. Yeah, but he wrote them in Russian. Shall I send in the guards now? Yes. No, wait. I've got a better idea. Right. Three doors to choose from. Yeah. Three solid metallic doors with no actual handles, to be more precise. Begging your pardon, squadron leader. Could we just wait for someone to come through and overpower them? That could take a while. We haven't seen any sign of life so far. Not even zombies. Quite. Tell you what, you've got your toolkit with you, Bilkins. Why don't you pick a door and see what you can do? Well, I'll give it a go, but these doors look like they need more than an adjustable spanner to get through. Excellent work! Well done, old chap! Yeah, all the more impressive, seeing as how I didn't actually do nothing. Never mind. Never look a gift horse in the bush, as they say. Do they? Let's go through before the door closes. What is this place? It's huge. And look, there's something above us, attached to that scaffolding. You're right. Although it's too dark to see exactly what it is up there. What you are looking at are the exhaust vents of a solar range attack shuttle, Mr. Steele. Even on a short test firing, they will flood the chamber you are standing in with a superheated plasma in excess of 5,000 degrees Fahrenheit. Damn you, Mordred! Let Charlie and Yvette go, and we'll settle this like men. I can't hear what you're ranting about through my video scope, Mr. Steele, but I imagine you wish to know what my plans are. Unfortunately for you, it's a scheme 1,500 years in the making, and you have a little over 10 seconds before the rockets fire. Goodbye, Squadron Leader Steele. 10, 9, 
In The Games Afoot, Jack Steele was played by Neil Frankham, Charlie Bilkins by James Harvey, and Yvette Dulac by Lucy Burton. Mordred was played by Nigel Potter, Rasputin by Tom Butterworth, and Helga von Schmidt by Lauren Orton. Professor Sterling was played by Robin Orton, and The Welsh Policeman by Mike Jones. The narrator was Guy Ranawira. Sound production by Frank Redding, and original music composed and performed by Bill McSweeney. The episode was directed by Wayne Bolt. Squadron leader Jack Steele and the Starblade is an It's a Trap production. People just like you talk about their skin irritations. I have this skin rash. It really gets bad when it gets hot and my shorts ride up. It's a real bad itching, burning sensation. Uh, right where you don't want a real bad itching, burning sensation. I was going to my afternoon tea when this terrible itch started up. It was like there were fire ants in my bloomers. It started between my toes and it worked its way up to my knees. And before I knew it, my stomach was red, my chest was red, <laughs> even my neck was red. Man, that itch. That terrible itch. Itching, burning sensation. You may think there's nothing you can do about it. That's where you're wrong. Purple Planet introduces this three-volume audio cassette collection of people talking about their own terrible itching, burning sensations. Once you listen to them talk, you'll realize you're not so bad off after all. 90% of my skin turned bright red, then flaked off. Felt like the Dallas cheerleaders were going all over my body with belt sanders. Feel better? Purple Planet, terrible, itching, burning complainers, wherever fine recordings are sold. Also available in Disco Mix. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.